Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. On this edition of Earth Matters, we're going to talk about the bunya pine. The bunya pine is an ancient and sacred tree. It's native to Cubby Cubby country in southeast Queensland. It has long been an important food source for Aboriginal Australians, and European colonisers are starting to catch on to the idea too. On this show, we talk to Arnie Beverly Hand from Cubby Cubby Country, who runs the Bunya Dreaming. We talk to Bryant Wells, who's a chef. Byron Joel, who is a regenerative agricultural designer. Horticulturalist Adam Burgess. And Patrick Evans from Mayton, who used the Bunya Pine in their guitars. Welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Beverly Hand. I'm the president of Mimburi Upper Mary Aboriginal Association based on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. I'm descended from the Jalla people and when colonisation incurred in our region we amalgamated with our neighbouring states and are now known today as Cubby Cubby people. I say Cubby Cubby because that's the way my mother said it to me. Some people though say Gubby Gubby or Carby Carby but we're all the same mob. So can you tell us a little bit about the um, Mimburi Upper Mary River Association? We're an incorporated association that seeks to support Indigenous community and create greater cultural awareness within the broader community. I understand that you have a Bunya Pine Festival coming up, is that right? Yeah, next year on the 25th of January we'll have what we call Bunya Dreaming, a gathering of tribes and people who share land and country with each other at our property on the Mary River. But I've been holding Bunya Dreaming since 2007 as a revival of a cultural tradition, but um, I try to do it in a contemporary manner that seeks to uphold traditional values. Um, Can you tell us about the uh, traditional significance of the Bunya Pine? The Bunya Pine only exists in southeast Queensland in Cubby Country, or that's where it comes from. I couldn't say it exists there, but it comes from southeast Queensland. And for Aboriginal people of this area, it is a sacred tree. There were laws traditionally that precluded from anybody from harming the tree in any way. And when the Aboriginal people saw white men had come and cut their trees down and back in those days you'd get 60 metre tall trees and you wouldn't get your first branch until 20 metres and so when they cut the trees down they only took the trunk from its roots to that first branch and then they left the rest of the tree lying on the ground And when the Aboriginal people saw the tree had been felled and cut and just left there to rot, they cried. And they didn't cry for a single moment in their highly complex lifestyles. They cried for months and months. And their cries could be heard for miles and miles. So significant was that tree to us. 
but that tree goes back as far as the Jurassic period. It's um, just like my people. Its roots go deep into the ground, and you know they, it's been here for such a long time. Welcome to the show. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Byron Joel, and I am a regenerative agriculture designer from Margaret River, Western Australia. I have a background in horticulture and permaculture, um, and then dabbled in things like holistic management and key line design, and I combine them all along with uh, what's called the Regrarians platform uh, to design uh, regenerative agricultural projects um, from the broad acre all the way down to backyard edible landscaping and permaculture systems like that. So we're here to talk about um, bunya pines. Um, can you mm-hmm. please go over the basics for a start? What type of tree is it? Well, it's not in fact a pine per se um, of the pinus genus, but it is a conifer. The genus is Aracoria. The species is Bidwillii. It's a member of an ancient family of conifers called the Oracoraceae um, that were once upon a time very, very uh, common around the world, uh, more so in the southern hemisphere. And now they're, they've all but died out except for uh, South America, New Zealand and Australia. Um, the bunya itself uh, is native to, e, where is it, south, east Queensland, northern New South Wales, and there's pockets of it up in um, far north Queensland, I believe. Um, and it's a beautiful, stunning, dinosaur-age-looking tree with pine cones the size of a football. <laughs> yeah, again, my name's Adam Burgess. I'm from the National Arboretum in Canberra. And um, can you please go over the basics? First start, what type of a tree is the bunya pine? Um, it's an evergreen conifer, Australian native, quite a large, big pyramidal sort of tree, um, quite unique and um, very important to the Indigenous um, people. And um, how old is it? I mean, the species? Oh, well, they don't really know. There hasn't been a lot of study done on um, exactly how old the trees have actually been recorded for in the natural habitat. But there is trees that that they know are well over 500 years of age, so yeah. How far back does the species go? Well, the Wallamite pines can go right back uh, past 200 million years, so before the, the mammals are even walking on the land. Wow. Can you talk about the tree's life cycle? Um, well, the... They're quite a small... They, I mean, it's a very large nut they start with um, and then once that propagates and grows, it, it takes a good 20 years before it'll even start producing fruit. So it is a, sub, uh, a tropical tree and, and that's probably why it needs that nice big lush environment up and around Queensland. And look, that, they come from um, the nice tropical Queensland environment but you'll find them growing all over Australia. Here in Canberra, I know in 1928, uh, um, they planted one, the Duke of Edinburgh, when they opened the... Uh, original Parliament House, and that would have to be one of the largest trees here in Canberra now. Is it a hardy tree? Yeah, it's, it's proven to be very hardy, actually. It does have a bit of a struggle in its young age with frost, but after that it really just takes off. We've, we've planted over 600 of them here in the Arboretum um, under five years ago, and they just have not looked back from day one. Byron also has some thoughts on its longevity. Well, one, it's just, it's robust. It's a monster of a tree. Two, it, it provides very nutritious, calorifically dense uh, food for animals in the way of the, the pine nuts, which we can talk about. And three, I believe, but I'm not certain with the um, 
bunya. It is the case with a woolamai, but the growing tip has a very waxy, resinous, protective kind of coating over it, which protects it from extreme um, weather conditions, uh, which goes a long way to helping it through yeah, droughts, fires, you know, what, what otherwise might knock a weaker species out. Yeah, um, there was only one year, and that was two years ago, where I got, out for the whole season, ten cones. And out of those ten cones, I think I got six nuts. Hmm. So that was two seasons ago. That, and that's the first year in about 23 years that I haven't got cones. And I believe it was because we'd had three years of flooding and that um, did something to the trees, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I certainly don't blame global warming. Because actually, you know, the bunion tree, because it does date back to the Jurassic period, has been through so many different clim- climate changes. Yeah, that makes sense. It's such a versatile strong, old plant. We're talking to Annie Bev from Cubby Cubby Country, who runs the annual Bunya Dreaming. Before colonisation, there was a form of Bunya Dreaming as well. Can you tell us about that? Um, well, the Bunya gatherings that occurred at Brewing Pocket were, and this may be a big statement for me to claim, but that was the first major tourism event of the east coast aboriginal people would come from far north queensland new south wales victoria even in victoria they have um, dreaming stories that talk about bunya bunya is a possum but they would travel to baroon pocket for their bunya festival but they would only do it when there was a bountiful harvest that enabled the host group to ensure they had enough resources to share with a larger mob. However, the people in the local region, they would do it every year. The larger groups would come probably three or four years if it it was a bumper crop. There was a lot of activity, so um, sometimes people think it was a bunya festival and all we did was eat bunyas. However, at that time of the year, the fruits of the forest are plentiful. So lots of food was eaten, but also, you know, at such an event, as many people may know when you go to festivals, you meet up with old friends and old families so people would be able to share what they've been through. But judgment also occurred. Law was taken care of. Um, Politics was discussed. Marriages were arranged, um, sporting challenges occurred, songs, new songs would be introduced, new dances would be introduced. People would prepare for years to come and share a new song with the wider group. So at the Bunya Dreaming, we there's only one man in Queensland who has the rights to harvest the Bunya Pine, and he harvests it to sell to Maiton Guitar and Cole Clark. They make a bunya guitar. And Maiton donated Bunya Dreaming a guitar. And what we did with that is we have a little challenge for 14 children, 14 years and younger, 
and they become the Bunyip Guitar custodian. We're talking to Patrick Evans from Mayton about their Bunyip Pine Guitar. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Um, so what's your role at Mayton? Uh, I'm the manager of um, projects and product development and process development. So how did Mayton find out about the Bunyip Pine? We were looking for an alternative to the traditional Sitka spruce, which is the predominant timber used for soundboards on acoustic guitars. And um, we were looking through a resource uh, called Bootle, which is a, a handbook with a focus on Australian timbers, and looking at the mechanical properties of spruce and simply comparing them to whatever we found with different species. And Bunya came up as the closest, having the closest properties in, in terms of weight and strength to um, spruce. So we sourced some and tried it out as a soundboard material and it, it works very, very well. So the idea was to try and find a, you know, a, an Australian timber that was sustainable uh, for the purpose of making guitar tops. And um, how does it sound? It's great. It, it sounds... It, it sounds similar to spruce, but it's probably a little um, stronger with sort of upper mid-range brightness, if you like. So it's it's a little bit wilder sounding than spruce is, which, which means it, it stands out very well in a mix. It also works really, really well in an open tuning environment or in Dadgat or one of those alternate tunings. It's got this sort of wild, slightly uncontrolled tone to it, which uh, is really, really good. So what's um, Bunya Pine like to work with? It's nice. It's, it's very consistent. Mm. Uh, it's, it's relatively light. Uh, it cuts well, machines well, uh, sands nicely. It, it, yeah, it's pretty pleasurable to work with. The tree's considered sacred by the um, Cubby Cubby people. Do you yep. feel like, like that somehow comes comes through with, you know, a guitar kind of also seems like a very sacred object to me. I do. I, yes, I, I'm a strong believer in that. I, I think there's another um, aspect that always appealed to me, which is that uh, my understanding is that before, um, before European settlement, the Bunya Festival happened every couple of years and the people from, from around different um, tribes from around that area would congregate and essentially have a, a, a feasting festival, so, you know, music and dance and so on, uh, every couple of years based around the Bunya. And it's really nice that we're making instruments now that create music uh, from the very same tree. I think that's a nice tie-in. You're listening to Earth Matters on 3CR, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. Today on the show, we're discussing the Bunya Pine. We've just heard from Patrick Evans from Maiton Guitars. We also heard from Byron Joel, who is a regenerative agricultural designer with an interest in the tree. We'll go back to Arnie Bev from Cubby Cubby Country to hear about eating the bunion nut. Can you tell us about the, the bunion nuts themselves? Like, how do they taste? <laughs> well, I'm actually getting my first harvest and I'm sitting here eating bunion nuts. So the cones grow to the size of a football, a soccer ball or a rugby league ball, but big. Contained in the cones, you will get between 70 to 100 nuts. 
and those nuts are highly nutritious and you can eat them, you know, you can live off them for around six months of the year. And um, how do you prepare them? There's lots of different ways. When we have our bunya dreaming, we have, I set down a challenge called the bunya cooking challenge. And some people make cakes and some people make pies and biscuits, pestos and all sorts of things. So they're a very um, versatile uh, product. You can cook them with anything. Uh, you can slice them up and throw them in stir fries. At this immature stage, you can um, grate them up and put them into a salad. You can stuff them into chooks, use them for stuffing. I've got somebody tonight who's actually going to put them inside inside a fish. So what it'll do is the nut will absorb the flavour of what it's being cooked with and enhance it threefold. So I'm very interested to see what or taste what these bunny nuts will taste like tonight with having been cooked in the fish. That actually sounds really delicious. Um, so when you said you were making um, them into cakes, can you grind them up into a flour? It's a very good flour. It's gluten-free. It's a gluten-free um, product, so it makes really nice flour. And that flour we call bunga. They have natural preservatives and natural um, antibacterial properties in them as well. So some people even use them in sausages as uh, a natural preservative. Now back to Byron Joel for a permaculture perspective. I think the standout feature of the bunya pine and why it was so interesting to my, to myself and why I wrote about it was its um, potential as a major staple food pro- producing um, crop tree. Um, anyone who's seen the fruit will attest to it. They're, they, they're huge. When I say football size, they're bigger than football size. The pine cones on these things are, are huge and uh, every... Every year they're produced, but it's every two or three years they have a bumper crop where there's a huge crop, you know, dozens potentially of these um, massive pine cones, each one full of pine nuts about the size of a golf ball, but a teardrop shape of um, very, you know, high carbohydrate, starchy, gluten-free, yeah, starch material. The, the greater discussion is towards uh, what we call staple food production is something I'm really passionate about. So a staple food is something that we need the most of in order to survive. And with humans, that's fats and oils, proteins, and carbohydrates and starches. They're the things that we eat the most of just to keep the body running. Now, currently, the way we produce our staple crops is ecologically very destructive, um, i.e. wheat fields you know, or corn, where you have hundreds of square hectares of nothing but corn that needs to be sown every year and there's pesticides and there's herbicides and there's there's just about as much energy put into harvesting the corn as you get coming taking out, you know, harvesting and cropping the corn all week. Um, however, if we switch to perennial staple crop systems where instead of these grasses essentially growing our staple crops, we we uh, design systems where trees or perennial plants are growing our staple crops. Um, well, then, it, you know, it's just it's far more 
far more stable and robust of a system. I mean, think how much more how much more robust a chestnut tree is to uh, a stalk of wheat. Mm. You, you see what I mean? Mm. Uh, and once upon a time, these were the kind of systems that humanity um, implemented. Uh, in, you still see them in pockets of Europe where they have the dehesa systems where they run their um, stock animals, their sheep and their pigs under woodlands of oak trees, which are quite similar in lots of ways to the banyar in that they produce a heavy carbohydrate nut crop. Um, so, yeah, it, the, it, it's the greater discussion of perennial staple crop systems that, that made me so interested in the banyar and its potential applications, especially in Australia. My name is Bryant Wells. I'm the head chef and owner of Tucker Restaurant in Brisbane. And, and can you tell us a bit about the concept of Tucker? So we specialise in native Australian ingredients. We utilise meats, uh, berries and spices uh, from all around Australia. So we do things like kangaroo, crocodile, possum. Uh, then we do things like Davidson plums, lemon myrtle, aniseed myrtle. Uh, we also grow native produce. In the back of the restaurant we have a garden that's about 10 metres by about 6 metres. That we have about 14 different varieties of native herbs and trees and so forth. So how do you use the bunya nut in your cooking? So it all depends on the season. So if it's within season, then we love to use it fresh because it's a lot of native Australian ingredients are only a once-a-year option. Uh, a lot of native ingredients, whether it be, will go dried spices or you'll have frozen berries and frozen fruits and, and bunya, bunya nuts, once they're picked, they'll actually get, get uh, frozen, frozen off and then they can, they can get reused uh, they, de- they defrost quite well, they, they, they come back quite well. But when they're fresh, uh, they have a really sweet uh, sweet and moist sort of uh, pine nut, pine nut flavour uh, and they, they're fantastic in salads. Uh, you, can make, you can make purees out of them, uh, but you, if you're doing something like a puree, they can get very, very gluggy. Uh, they have a, a fairly sort of high starch content. They get very gluggy and they, they take on a lot of the flavour of whatever you mix it with, so you, you have to be very careful about, about utilising it. Uh, you can make them into a dried meal, uh, so then you can do baking with them, like like if you were making an almond almond meal, um, you can you can grind you can dry the bunions out and grind them. Uh, you can also roast them, uh, and they get or, or put them over a bit of a fire, which you have to be careful careful with if you uh, if you're doing something like that. They they do tend to pop and they can sort of pop and explode and jump around so you sort of have to be very careful if you want to be opening them on a, uh, on a fire or on, a, on hot coals. But they get a really smoky, a beautiful smoky um, roasted sort of smell, uh, smell and taste when you do something like that. Uh, and main, the main thing we use it for, we do a, uh, a mixed salad with lily pillies, fresh lily pillies, uh, toasted macadamia nuts and sliced bunion nuts and put it through a, a salad with a uh, pepperberry, Tasmanian pepperberry uh, and lemon myrtle dressing. Uh, and that's, that's one of our mainstays. That's our, our house salad in the restaurant and a side salad when we, when we do a... Uh, we have a native platter. that's kind of like an antipasto platter. Uh, and that's, that's a mainstay of, of uh, what's on that. Um, but it's, it all depends on the season um, and it'll change, change the different flavours. What do you think of their um, potential as um, a food source in modern Australia? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's, it's fairly abundant too. 
Um, I think once it, it's starting to come in more and more. Uh, we found last year we have a uh, we have a local food fair up in um, a regional foods sort of event in Southbank in Brisbane, and one of the uh, one of the stalls was actually a. Um, was actually a, a bunion nut. Uh, how to learn how to cook and 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 go through bunion nuts because we have a fairly uh, fairly prominent area around around uh, Brisbane and Sunshine Coast that has an abundance of, of bunions. So I think it's it's one of those things that's starting to get a lot more traction uh, as a mainstay native product. So I think once uh, give it another couple of years, and you'll find that a lot more people are going to use, uh, going to find out how to use it, and uh, and how to go about how to go about getting the best flavours out of everything. So it's it's like a lot of native ingredients. If uh, once people start to learn how to use them, they it starts to become more mainstream because there are tips and tricks on how to use native uh, native ingredients. If it's utilised and farmed properly, I think it's going to become a, a fairly good. Uh, a fairly staple in, in modern Australian cooking. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think it's um, with native Australian ingredients. I think uh, it's it's just worth giving a go to try uh, try get the best out of your ingredients. There's so many different flavours out there um, that people just just don't really aren't aren't aware of and don't really know. Um, and once you start getting into having a play around with them, uh, like bunion nuts. They're, they're fantastic. Just opens up a whole different range of things to cook and things to create, uh, and they're they're usually fairly easy to integrate into everyday cooking as well. We'll give Annie Bev the last word on the bunny dreaming. It's about people gathering in a fun, neutral environment, sharing food and fun and festivity. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Corey Green. Today on the show we heard about the Bunya Pine from the perspective of Arnie Bev Hand, a cubby cubby woman who runs the Bunya Dreaming Festival. If you're interested in attending the Bunya Dreaming, go to Barung, that's B-R-U-N-G, landcare.org.au. We also heard from Patrick Evans from Mayton, who make a Bunya Pine guitar, Bryant Wells, head chef at Tucker, who cook with the Bunya Nut, Adam Burgess, horticulturalist from the National Arboretum in Canberra, and Byron Joel, who is a regenerative agricultural designer. If you want to learn more about regenerative agriculture, you can visit Byron's website at oaktreedesigns.com.au. If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you, our listeners. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, in the Kula Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. We're going to go out with a song played on the Bunya Pine guitar, which every year is passed on to the best musician under 14 years of age at the Bunya Dreaming Festival. This is Eliza Allard with Life Goes On.
been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studio of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. To hear more like this and for more information, go to www.3cr.org.au.